welcome to A Wee Blether About, a podcast from the Academic Skills Team at UWS. My name is Linda Riches and I'm one of the Academic Skills Advisors at the University. So today I'm joined by Mari. Hi, Mari. Hi, And Carly. Hi, Carly. Hi, Linda. So the three of us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about developing good study habits. And that's, that's really um, because certainly I do, and I'm sure other advisors do, talk to students about this quite a lot. Um, you know, even before you're getting into thinking about assignments is actually, you know, how do you set up that environment so that you are studying well at what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, and, and sometimes if your current way of working just leaves you feeling a bit tired and demotivated, you maybe just need some ideas and, and just to change it up a bit. So we'll start off maybe with just some views from um, Mary and, and Carly and myself just about, you know, what you're like when you're studying and working. So I think, Mary, you most recently have, out of us, has have done a lot of study. What, what mm. kind of a studier are you? I will be very honest and I'll say that I'm a lazy studier. And what that <laughs> means is that I will not sacrifice downtime uh, to study. But I actually think that's a little bit of a secret superpower to have a good um, work-life balance. Sorry. Um, because one of the things that I think is um, good advice if you use it well, is that um, better studying is not just more studying. Uh, so making sure that you use the time that you're studying effectively and you use the time that you're not studying to recover and to actually have a life. Um, so I think because I, I did a period of kind of long-term self-sustained research, and um, that's something that I had to learn, uh, and giving myself room to just have a life was the best uh, gift I could have given myself for that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it is something that we forget. I do think I'd say that to a lot of students that, you know, it's not better studying because you've sat in front of a laptop for five hours, mm-hmm. you know, that actually, if you've structured that a bit better, you know, then it's the quality of what you're doing. It's not necessarily the length of time, is it? Yeah, 100%. Because you see other people sitting in the library or, you know, um, you want to go out to dinner and other people say they can't because they've got to cram last minute. But you know your brain better than, you know, other people's. So I think if you're comfortable with what you've done and if you think you need a break, then you should do that for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would say you have to be quite disciplined to do that, though. Were you quite disciplined when you were studying? Like, were you very much study and then the reward? Was that the way it worked? Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's more that I knew I was not going to keep studying after 5, 6 p.m. Um, so I wasn't going to be there. So I had to get done before that, to be honest. Um, so if you are in a period where you are having to get something done and the only place you might move is maybe from the dining table to the sofa, that can be a little bit more difficult because you're going to tie yourself more to that um, studying seats or you might be able to drag out just a wee bit longer so um you have to make sure you're you're actually going to move and you're actually going to not be in that studying seat so that it does get done I think yeah yeah and Carly how would you describe yourself as a studier what did you were you different to to Mary were you you know do you have a different way of dealing with it I think it probably took me a little bit longer to get to that realization that kind of almost that self-awareness that you have to have when you're studying that, you know what, I'm not going to be productive after X time. Um, so 
yeah, I, I think kind of similar, but I think what helped me most and what I was always like was kind of associating the my study environment with um, kind of the topic that I was studying or the, the stage of maybe the assessment that I was working on. So I would do a lot of reading of journal articles and resources and things at coffee shops and more kind of those environments. And then I would actually be writing an assessment in the university library. So I'd be able to think back to, you know, the resource that I was trying to reference and use within my writing. And I'd think back to, okay, right, I was sitting at this coffee shop. And just that association really helped me personally. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is a very individual process, isn't it? Studying and how we work. But I think tying it down sometimes to environment or setting was really helpful for me. And that's something that um, I just kind of discovered, I think, through, through studying. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Quite a few students I've spoken to recently have found they can't study at home. Yeah, the, yeah. the association with home is, you know, is too many distractions. So quite a lot of students have said, "Well, actually, I need to come into the the library to to get that bit of work done." Um, and and then you know, we obviously we encourage them to come and and use the library because it's you know it's open and they can they can access it. Um, but interestingly, some students will come in and work in groups and some find that helpful and some find that unhelpful so I think probably what you're both saying there is you have to you have to find that thing that works for you you know I had a student once who said for her she was very limited in space where she could study so she had her study sofa and she had her relaxation sofa so when she was on the relaxation sofa she was watching Netflix and she was relaxing but when she was on the study sofa she had to do some work I'm not sure that would that would work for me, but you know she was limited in space, and that's and so she had to divide it up that way. Um, one of the things that I mention a lot, and we sort of that idea that that Mary mentioned about you know you don't necessarily have to be in front of the screen for hours and hours, is the Pomodoro technique. So I don't know, have either of you used the Pomodoro technique at all or heard of it? Definitely heard of it. Um... I don't think I've personally used it too much myself, but I use a version of it, which is definitely reward through usually food uh, after I've done a little bit. Yeah, cake is my reward. I do. Yeah, cake is my reward. So, yeah, so I guess the Pomodoro technique for anyone that, that doesn't know about it is just a different way of thinking about studying. And I think, as you've said there, Maddie, some people use it. It works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. I would say if it's, if what you're doing at the moment doesn't really work study-wise, it's maybe something to try. And I have had quite a few conversations with students recently where they've tried it and they've said, oh, actually, it, it, did, it did help. Um, so the idea of Pomodoro, Pomodoro they being the Italian word for tomato. So if you remember nothing else, remember that. Um, and the idea is you work for 25 minutes, so you set a timer for 25 minutes, and then you have a five-minute break. So the idea is you're quite focused on a task for a specific amount of time and then you have a five minute break. But the five minute break is not long enough to get, you know, go and do something else and be distracted by something else. It's just long enough to take a break from the screen, grab some water, whatever. And then what you do is you go back and you do set the timer again. You do another 25 minutes. Now, you can either stick to the same task or you can switch tasks. So you might, for example, maybe do a bit towards an assignment in the first 25 minutes and then you might think well do you know what I'll just sort out the reference thing for the next 25 minutes so you can switch tasks to to make them sort of easier and harder I guess 
And then after you've done about four of those Pomodoros, so it's 25 minutes, you have a longer break. Now, I know some people find 25 minutes is not long enough. Personally, for me, I could probably do about 45 minutes and then maybe have a 10-minute break. That works a little bit better for me. Um, but I think it's that whole thing of it feels quite counterintuitive. So it feels like something that's going to, you know, waste time, but actually it's quite time efficient because you can see at the end of the 25 minutes what you've done. It's the importance of having a break. As Mary said, it's the importance of, you know, the time you step away from the studying is probably as important because that's when ideas pop into your head. That's when it's good to have a little notebook or quickly record something to say, oh, yeah, I've had an idea about that because that's when ideas, um, you know, come to the fore. So if it's something that you've not tried, have a little look online, just do a search for Pomodoro Technique and there's lots of timers that you can download. You don't even need that. You just need your phone and you can just set 25 minutes. And there's lots of advice about how to how to best use it. Um, and if you've not tried it, you know, give it a go and just, just see if that works. Um, I'm also going to come back to probably Carly first and then Mary, just about your kind of maybe your top tip for developing a good study habit. Is there one thing that you did that you changed that that's made a real difference that maybe you still use now? Yeah, I think were we all in a seminar or a meeting maybe in the last year or so that was talking about time boxing because um, I had a, a different initial idea of of what advice to talk about for this kind of part of the episode. But this is one that came to mind that I think really just resonates for me because, you know, let's say you have a two hour time between lectures or between, you know, different commitments in or outside of university life and you want to use that time well, but because you have limited time, other responsibilities, in addition to being a student, there's a lot of pressure to really use that time effectively and well. And that just sometimes for me, when I'm in those situations, makes me shut down and not able to focus at all. So time boxing has been a really good method for, for myself because you could just commit to a smaller chunk of time. Let's just say I say, I'm going to read an article for 15 minutes, or I'm going to do this task for 15 minutes. I still have that entire two hour period. If I find myself needing to use more of it or wanting to use more of it, maybe more importantly. So that kind of low commitment in the first instance, I think has been really helpful for me. And I find that I get more accomplished, um, but that comes through the willingness to try new things. So if you're new to university, if you're transitioning back into education, I think how we study is very much trial and error and involves some self-awareness, as I've already said, and it's a personal process. So be willing to try new things and maybe time boxing or the Pomodoro technique could be some things that you try. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I'll, I'll ask Mary first, but I'll come back to that time boxing because there's something similar that I use uh, as well. Mary, any sort of, what's your kind of key kind of tip then for, for anyone who's struggling with that kind of studying at the moment? Yeah, so the thing that actually works best for me, because I maybe work a little bit differently, that um, I don't like planning things too minutely. Um, I don't like having lots of little tasks. Um, I don't like scheduling or planning things in general. So what I have actually, I have it here. Uh, this sits on my desk. It's uh, just a book of notepaper that has um, 12 numbers on it. I, my sister gave it to me for Christmas one year. It's just a piece of stationery, but it's the most helpful thing I have. Every week I write down my tasks for the week and they are overall tasks. They're not specific. 
Um, and then every day I look at which one I would like to do um, and I can pick whichever one I want. And as long as they all get done by the end of the week, it's all fine. And I can prioritize them if I want or I can just mix and match um, because, yeah, I don't like planning. I don't like knowing what I'm going to do in two or three days. I just like knowing that at the end of the week, I'll get it done. That's really that's really interesting, Mary, because I would say I'm the complete opposite to that. I have to know what I'm doing every day and I have to have it kind of mapped out, whereas that's really interesting. So do you find it varies like a court, like one day where you go, oh, I'll do that really difficult task today. And then other days you'll go, oh, I'll do an easy task. Does it vary according to your mood or what's happening? Absolutely. I mean, it's probably more useful for when you are doing kind of a sustained project or maybe you've got lots of different assignments ongoing and you're trying to juggle them obviously um, if you have a job that you have to get specific things done every day you should do that and I, I definitely do that um, but for the overall things it means that if I know I've got a week where I've got a bit more free time I can maybe focus on one that's, that's a bit more difficult um, but it also means that if I panic in the middle you know when you get to that stage of an assignment and it feels like it's all going really badly and you don't know what to do next I will just stop and I'll do another wee one instead because um, just completing a task makes you feel better sometimes which is maybe why breaking it down works better for other people it's just not the way that it works for me so that's kind of how I approach it when I have something big to do. Yeah that, that's really interesting I think it's, it's good actually to have lots of different ways because we're all different and for some people that would absolutely they could absolutely relate to that and other people would want something different so so that's interesting um I think for me I kind of fall on the side of, of Carly with this where um the idea of sort of small goals is what I've been working on this year so um I'm I'm currently doing one involving walking so um I'm I'm doing a thing where every day this year I have to walk for at least 10 minutes and that's about developing a habit. So there's a great book by an author called James Clear called Atomic Habits. And it's all about the idea that if you want to be that great person, that's that person who studies really well, or you want to be a runner or whatever you want to be, you have to start doing it every day, you know, and you have to do it, it as a small goal. So the idea is that even if I'm having a day where I'm really busy, where I just don't feel like it, I can commit to 10 minutes. So, so far, keep your fingers crossed, I've managed to commit to it every day. Even even today when I couldn't get out, I actually walked around the, the inside of the uni building about three times um, to get my 10 minutes in. And the idea of that is just, they reckon it can take you, Some it varies, but they reckon it can take about, you know, up to 90 days to develop a habit. So it's the idea of, doing it every day and I often say to students I don't sit at my desk every day thinking I'm going to do my best work today um, but you have to do it every day so it's the idea of just being there every day and committing to something small um, so that you're getting something done I think often we probably see students who put things off quite a lot and then that assignment that you know was weeks and weeks away is suddenly on the horizon and it feels like a massive task Whereas if you'd just done a little bit towards it every day, you wouldn't, you know, be feeling so desperate about it. Um, so that's my my kind of take on it is something small that, you know, and what tends to happen is a lot of the days I do a lot more than 10 minutes because I want to do it. Um, but I'm now in the habit of doing it and it's not, oh, 
will I be able to do it? It's why I'm doing it. It's just a matter of what time I do it. And knowing that I'm doing it just keeps me going, keeps me motivated. You can ask me in the summer if I'm still doing it, though. <laughs> because my slight problem is I'm quite good at developing a habit, but I'm also quite good at dropping a habit. So we'll see what happens. Um, any other thoughts? Any sort of final thoughts on studying? I mean, I guess we would always say students can come and speak to us about it. Um, so we would encourage people, Carly, wouldn't we, to come and have a, a chat with us about time management? Yeah, absolutely. You can book an academic skills appointment with us and we can have a chat about, you know, what works for you, what might not work for you and some study preferences that you might not realize you already have in place. And, you know, we can make some suggestions as well. But this has been really interesting to see kind of our different styles and how, um, you know, I always call kind of the bitty elements like tapas tasks because you might be, you might have days where you feel like you can't focus on a bigger assignment or a bigger task and so you think well I can answer that email I could jot this down I can do this small thing um but yeah. yeah it's been really interesting to just see the different variations within our team alone so hopefully that inspires some hope that there's different methods out there for everyone yeah absolutely yeah no it's been really interesting um so as we said you know come and speak to us and we've all got our slight preferences but um, we've all learned a little bit today about each other's preferences so that's good um, remember, you can book a one-to-one -one appointment with us, um, book through the student app um, or go on to our website. And as always, any feedback, any topic that you want us to talk about, just drop an email to skills at uws.ac.uk. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Carly. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.